So good evening. <coughs> Tonight I would like again to mention, you know, the special opportunity we have to sit together and to meditate like that. I think it is very, in, very important, and uh, it's always, uh, uh, you know, a, kind of a special opportunity because we understand what is going on in our mind, and then also <coughs> we can develop more wisdom and also lead a more you know meaningful life so this is very good that we are here like that and trying to develop those qualities i think another uh, reason why we are so lucky is because we have the palsado uh, with us you know he is sitting all the day and uh, he is uh, very knowledgeable and also he has practiced much and he is a very good teacher. So I think it's a very rare opportunity. From my opinion, I think it's, uh, it's, not, <coughs> easy, it's not easy to find such a teacher nowadays. So today, uh, somebody told me that uh, I should put uh, a title to my talk, you know. So I will call it uh, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I say that is that some time ago, <laughs> I saw a little kid, you know, and he was wearing a T-shirt, and then there was a Mickey Mouse picture on that. <laughs> and uh, then I looked, you know, carefully, and down the picture it was written, life is what we make it. So that means life is what we make it, right? So with the Mickey Mouse, then he, he underlined some kind of uh, <coughs> some kind of meaning, you know, that uh, well we can say it is deep or it's uh, shal shal shallow. Depends to us. So today, what we are going to talk is that. Uh, about life itself. And uh, all my paper. <laughs> I think people who have been here for a few months, they are used, you know. I <laughs> so. so how we make our life, and for that, we'll look at what is the support, what is the cause, what are the causes that sustain life, you know, the nutriment of life. And uh, we look especially <coughs> at the mental volition, you know, the aspect of uh, volition in uh, actions, in activity. We'll see uh, where volition, where the, that mental activity, where it is leading, so this is like perspective. And then we'll look also to how to use it, how to use our, you know, our will and uh, that mental relation, how to use it. And this is that the attitude.
So before, you know, we'll, before we elaborate on that, uh, you know, we are monks, and uh, and we represent the Buddha's teaching. So we are all familiar with uh, some aspect of Buddhism. And this morning, you were given a sheet with the Buddha's quality. You probably know it. But uh, another way also to, you know, to try to find meaning in the original, uh, the original foundator of the of uh, what we are doing now, <coughs> is that uh, the way he has been represented in the culture of Asia and uh, in the arts in general, you know, the Buddha's face and uh, the, the the symbol, or all that. Uh, personage, historic personage has been represented in the art of uh, various uh, cultures. And you have all seen Buddha's uh, faces and Buddha's cultures and uh, but did you really look at them? So next time you look at the picture, next time you see an image or try to look <coughs> at the expression that is put there, you know. The expression that uh, the artist was feeling the emotion, knowing the teaching and representing himself what the Buddha could have been, you know, because all the different uh, images that we have, uh, depending on the country where those things were carved or where those pictures were painted or they are never the same, you know. Like if you look in Sri Lanka, they will have uh, some kind of uh, Sri Lankan feature. If we look in Thailand, then uh, Thai uh, feature or Burma, same thing. And uh, Laos or Cambodia, it's a little bit, uh, you know, it's a little bit influenced by the way the people are themselves. But nevertheless, <coughs> the, the expression is uh, so always something special. And if we look at the good quality of those uh, portraits, will always see a kind of serenity, a kind of uh, something special. Just the smile sometimes, or the expression of the eyes, sometimes he's meditating, sometimes he's looking straight at uh, you, you know, or different types of expression. And those expressions, they represent what a human being was seeing in that uh, person of a Buddha. So the names were not labeled as such, but uh, the artist expressed it by way of his uh, art and uh, ability. So next time, or now even, you can, you can remember some of those very beautiful, you know, pieces of art that is, uh, I've always astonished, you know, the foreigners who came to Buddhist countries, you know, even very rational foreigners, they came and they, they saw what is that person, you know, like a mysterious type of smile, a mysterious type of expression that is uh, peculiar. Not only those qualities are represented there, but also when we look at the picture, we have to remember that those qualities, we can find them in ourselves. That is the peace or the serenity 
that means it has to speak to ourselves. It's not some, somebody else. We, have, we are the mirror of what the teaching could represent to us. So just by looking at it, we can get, uh, we can get the feeling, we can, get, we can develop also what uh, the expression uh, really means. Out of the all uh, qualities that are I officially enumerated, you know, like Itipiso, Bhagava, Aras, Lamas, etc., there is one that is not uh, very uh, mentioned, uh, that is not mentioned very often. And uh, it is Mula Dasavi. We see that in the Sutta, uh, Sutta Nipata. Mula Dasavi. That means one who saw the roots of things. You get it, no? So that uh, Buddha was not looking only at phenomenon, but he was always looking at the roots of the things. He was knowing the why, and he could explain also. Uh, all of that. And we see it also very clearly explained when the, the story with Sariputta, you know, uh, Upatissa, when he was looking for <coughs> a teacher and then he, d he did not know, <coughs> he didn't know the Buddha, so he was going around wandering in India and he was looking for uh, somebody who could, uh, from whom he could learn some, uh, you know, some wisdom. And uh, when he came to the Asadi, the one of the monk, one of the disciple of the Buddha, then he was so impressed by his demeanor, and he was so impressed with uh, with that monk, you know, because of his serenity, that he asked him, "Oh, Sanvasar, who is your teacher?" And uh, the other one said, "The Buddha." And uh, Sariputta, at that time he was not yet Sariputta, he asked him, you please give me uh, his teaching in brief. You know, just in brief. And uh, Asadi did not elaborate so much, and the only thing he said is that uh, I know it, but I, I just want to make sure. <laughs> of these things that arise from a cause, the Tathagata has told the cause. And also what their cessation is. This is the teaching of the great recluse. So after the two first lines, then the vision of the Dhamma arose in, the, in that uh, Upatissa. He just got uh, kind of uh, enlightened, like he got uh, wisdom. So I think it would be very simple if you were so wise and uh, you could stop talking and <laughs> this would be enough for you. <laughs> but uh, we'll go on.
this, you know, uh, at least the aspect of faith, faith in what we are doing and also faith in the original founder, original, you know, teacher of that is, uh, is important because it gives us, it, uh, you know, a kind of grounding and uh, it's a source of inspiration and uh, it's a good to know, you know, that uh, this is a human person, or he, has, he has done, you know, he got, uh, he reached that uh, state of peace. So to, to have the faith in, uh, in that is very important. So in brief also, <coughs> what is the Buddha's teaching? Like, uh, yes, what is it? You know it, but uh, there are a few, uh, few summary here. Is uh, like the one they say, Sabbapapasa uh, akaranang kusalasta upasampada sachitta upasachitta padiyodapanang etang buddha nasasanang. To avoid doing bad things, to perform good things and to, to purify our mind. This is the teaching of the Buddha. So we can summarize it as the sila and then samadhi and panya. So that's all. You know, very simple actually. The sila, the, <coughs> the morality, the samadhi, the practice of uh, concentration and the development of uh, wisdom. Another quotation about the Buddha's teaching and is that uh, he says, this only does he teaches suffering and the end of suffering. Another one is that all beings depend on nutriment. And this one we are going to develop today. So last week we spoke uh, about the, you know, what is the meaning of suffering and we elaborated a little bit of how to analyze it and how to understand it. And we came to say that actually just the five aggregates of cleaning were uh, the, what is called, uh, you know, the, the truth of uh, Dukkha. <coughs> and out of those five aggregates of uh, clinging, then we took the aspect of the materiality, the Rupakanda, and then we saw that uh, that uh, what is called the Rupakanda is the four great elements together with the uh, derivative, uh, derivative materiality. Right? So, so today we will get some alternative to that uh, aspect you know, of uh, Rupakanda. First of all, you know, materiality in the sense of uh, in the sense of body, in the sense of uh, material and physical aspect of uh, the world. Uh, the meditation on the body can be. It is said in the commentary that uh, it can be perceived in three different ways, depending on the temperament of people. And. Uh, one way that uh, can come, like uh, somebody who is, who is doing the, the body meditation, one way that can come is that uh, he is seeing mostly the colors, like when he sees the, the body parts, like the anatomical parts that uh, some of you uh, have started to do, the 22 parts, 
then instead of seeing mostly, you know, the, the what what comes as predominant is the color itself. So from the color, like the color of the brain or the color of the bones or the color of the uh, the, liver, the liver or the blood, then they go into another type of meditation, which is based on that, like the Cassina meditation. So another way that the meditation on body can be first uh, um, seen by somebody is that uh, he can develop directly the meditation on the four elements. So somebody who will see a body or his own body will perceive it directly <coughs> as the four elements. So the, the colors will not be so predominant and uh, he will develop the four elements like that. <coughs> and another way also is that uh, somebody will do the meditation on the physical aspect and uh, then the perception of repulsiveness, unattractiveness will uh, arise. So those three alternatives is are, are different ways to uh, uh, to develop meditation on the body. And uh, when somebody wants to practice uh, vipassana, then at least he has to get to the uh, meditation on the four elements. So the alternative that uh, we are going to uh, try today is with, uh, you know, with the nice things <coughs> we are having outside and the weather and so all of you have noticed the uh, nice color leaves of the autumn. <coughs> so how do we perceive that natural aspect of the world outside us? You know, the colors and the manifestation of the, <coughs> of the, of the autumn in the forest. So we can see that uh, again, there we can, uh, we could divide that in three uh, aspects. Like one will be to see that as an artist or as a poet. And how is the artist or the poet going to see that uh, wonderful scenery? <coughs> Nowadays, you know, you have even tourists and uh, foreigners that they come especially in that season to East uh, America just to, to see and take pictures and just to wander uh, with the, uh, the beautiful scenery that uh, nature is offering us. So the poet or the artist just see the beauty and just enjoy what the, what the, 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 the colors and the harmony that uh, nature is, is giving, is giving to, uh, to the eye. Mm. So th this is one way just to see the beautiful in the, in the nature. The second way is that uh, like a scientist or a biologist or a chemist, you know, will look at that. So let's say uh, the, the process of leaf changing, leaf, the, the color, all the colors are changing you know what are what are the reasons and what is what are the leaves themselves so the chemist or the physicist physician or not the physician the physicist you will uh, you will take the leaf and then you will analyze it in the way of a chemical in the way of uh, elements and uh, you will see it very differently and uh, there are some scientific reports you know about how 
this is uh, seen, you know, uh, scientifically. So they say that, uh, for example, the leaves is uh, made out of, uh, well, different types of uh, chemical combinations. And uh, like a carb, I forgot the name, you know, it's very complicated. So I can give you the references if you want to check for scientific uh, uh, references. But anyway, the, the principle is that uh, also there is, uh, you know, the chlorophyll. It's a kind of liquid that is giving the, the green color. And uh, so the sap from the tree is feeding the, is feeding the, the leaves. Uh, and uh, then the, the chlorophyll is, is produced in the leaf. And actually, it's not like if we don't know that principle, we think, ah, the the leaves are feeding from the tree, from the trunk, from the, the root. But actually, it is both, you know, like the sap is nourishing the, the leaf, but also uh, the leaves take the energy and it takes the nutriment from the, from the sun. And then it transforms with the chlorophyll, it, it transforms some kind of a specific and uh, uh, nutritive kind of uh, qualities that, uh, that nourishes the trunk and the tree itself. So you have both ways. And then when the color changes, it's because uh, uh, the sun, you know, at this time of the year, it, it is getting less, so there is less light, and uh, it becomes cold, and so the, inner, the, 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 the process of, uh, of uh, the chlorophyll is uh, a little bit diminished, and then there is a chemical reaction in the leaves, and uh, it, it turns different colors, and depending on the amount of acidity in the nature of the tree, then the leaves will take a red color or yellow color or all kinds of different colors because of that. So if we look at the leaf, you know, tomorrow you can just, for the fun, <laughs> you can just, you know, look at the leaf very closely and you see that actually the color is not, it's not only one color, it is just little pigments, you know, and all kinds of, uh, so if you, if you look at it from a chemical point of view, it will be very different than an artist's uh, point of view. You will just see that as element. And the third way will be to see that as uh, somebody who is cleaning the rubbish, you know, like uh, you see the dead leaves and then you have to get rid of them or, you know, the, you see the dead leaves uh, on the, <coughs> that, that are uh, just uh, writing away on the, on the, on the, <coughs> on the road or after the winter time, then there is no much of uh, attractiveness to them. There is no more of the, of the beauty that uh, we used to have to, uh, towards the, you know, the nice nature. It is just a dead phenomenon and not so much of um, attractiveness to it. Those three ways could be used also, like uh, for in relation with the Buddha's teaching. Like if, if somebody wants to develop samatha, then he will develop. He will just uh, increase the beauty, the perception of beauty in the leaves, like the artist. And if somebody wants to develop another type of samatha, you know, then he will just uh, uh, put emphasizes on the repulsiveness. But if somebody wants to develop the vipassana, then he will use the second approach, that is the approach of a chemist or the approach of a scientist, a scientist. Why is that? Because the scientist sees not the concept, but he tries to understand the elements. He tries 
he tries to understand the principle of, uh, of uh, what is called Ri. And not only that, he is looking for the causes. He sees, ah, oh, okay, you know, those uh, reefs are composed of uh, this and that, and then because of uh, that reason, that arise, and uh, you know, all kinds of uh, uh, connections that he will be able to, uh, to make. So somebody wants to develop you know, the Vipassana, then he has also to proceed in that uh, same uh, direction. So now we'll try something very simple, and and it will be in silence. And I will ask you to imagine, you know, that you are a leaf, and you are just on the tree, sitting, just hanging on the tree, you know. So just try a few minutes. If you don't like it, then just meditate as you are used to meditating. <laughs> The leaf doesn't care about anything. It is just standing there on the branch. And the wind is blowing. It doesn't care. The sun is shining. It doesn't care so much. And it can change color according to emotions or you know different moods. It doesn't care either. It is just a natural process. Somehow it can be very nice. You forget about everything and there is no much problem. So now I would like to continue with the story of uh, somebody who was here about two years ago and he was an old time meditator. And he was on the staff, and he was an artist himself. You could have seen some of his paintings. They are here, you know, on the walls of the library, and uh, uh, somewhere here and there. You know, his name was Lou. He was a very gifted and talented artist. So when we were here two years ago, uh, he was suffering from cancer, and eventually he passed away. So when we were <laughs> in the place where he stayed, then I found a little oak bark, and he had written a, a poem. And it was something, I don't remember exactly, but it was something like, I feel like an autumn leaf, little by little feeling the life going away like the sap of the tree. So he was just feeling, you know, that the life was just leaving out of his body.
So I think if we were just a leaf, you know, just an autumn leaf, and if we just were uh, a material type of phenomenon, there will not be so much problem. But where do you think the problem would arise if you were in that situation? Like you're on your branch, you know, and then everything is fine, and the very comfortable, and then all in a sudden they say, okay, now autumn has come, and winter will, will soon be come, and uh, you will die from uh, I don't know what. <coughs> so what will be your reaction? And what will, uh, how you will handle it? And will there be any problem to it? Pardon me? Yeah. So you will think about sunlight. If you were to be a leaf, you will be thinking about sunlight. If I if I if 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 I play with the words, I will say, uh, you would like to have some life. <laughs> because, what is it that uh, makes us alive? You know, what is it that that make us uh, uh, alive? Actually, it is just the will, <coughs> you know, the feeling and the willingness to be alive and to feel and to be and also to do, right? So this is uh, like the three things, to feel, to be, and to do. So in the Buddhism, they say that the four nutrients of life are the gross, like uh, for the physical body, this is the, the physical uh, food, right? The, the physical nutriment, like the four nutriments of the life, the, you have the physical nutriment. And um, then for the mind, you have the nutriment of contact, the passa ara. This is also the nutriment that will lead to, uh, you know, to feeling. And uh, another nutriment is the nutriment of consciousness, vinyana, ara. And the third one is the manu sanchitana ara, that is the mental volition. <coughs> I want to point this out because uh, especially the last uh, point, because if we were to see the rupa, you know, the materiality, as like we last week we saw, okay, now the materiality, the earth is just the earth, or the water is just the the, the, the water, you know, it is just a natural phenomenon. And the commentary was saying that uh, this material phenomenon is achetana uh, uh, Achitana Bawa, that is, uh, that is, uh, it, has no, it doesn't have a chitana, it doesn't have a, a volition. So the earth or you know the leaf, it has no intention, it has no will, it has no uh, uh, willingness and uh, wanting to be. So then there is no problem. So the difference with us, you know, and with the earth 
is that uh, we are thinking and then we are planning and then we want to do and then we want to undo we want to create we want to uh, so many things we are wanting you know and then those wanting are uh, towards you know those four nutriment that is we want food we want to feel we want to be uh, conscious and then we want to to do things So actually, you are a willing leaf. And uh, if we take it from like uh, your main meditation now, or you know, you have some meditation uh, subject that you are asked to do, and but now we are just taking a break, you know, and, and just uh, just uh, elaborating a little bit of uh, general aspects of uh, what where the meditation could be leading us to. So uh, there was a yogi last week that left and. Uh, she was really amazed by her experience. And then you, when she started to do the four element meditation, she was coming and uh, she was reporting, you know, the, oh, the things were so surprising to her because she started to see, you know, not only the, you know, what we call the body or just, she started to see the body as the four element and then also the body as the just a small particle of energy. So she was very uh, uh, interested and very, uh, kind of uh, amazed to that, uh, to that perception. And another thing that uh, she was very surprised of is that uh, when the teacher asked her to see, to see in her body, you know, and then like this, not to move, and then just to see the intention of uh, moving the finger just you just do like this and then you move the finger and then the instructions are that uh, when uh, you make the intention you, you put your attention there you know on the art base because this is the seat of the physical this is the physical seat for the mind uh, the, yes, the physical seat for the mind so by putting your attention there you see that uh, when uh, you have intention to do something or to move then the that is going to produce the material material quality that will make uh, the movement itself. You can just try. And that type of uh, uh, volition is always ap ap appearing very, very, very fast. So in every mo mind moment, there is that uh, volition that makes us, you know, even blink the eyes, you know. Just the little movement. There is all the times there is a, a volition that is going on and together with the consciousness. So she was uh, very uh, surprised to see that, and uh, sometimes that type of experience is uh, can be described as, a, you know, like a power electric uh, electric station power, right? So this is electricity power, and then when there is the signal for the willingness to do a movement, then the the, the current is uh, is getting distributed, you know, uh, to the area where the movement is intended.
So when we are, this is where our meditation is leading us, you know, like uh, when we develop samatha, like that person did not do that uh, right from the beginning. She had to do quite a good deal of samatha and then to calm her mind. And then after some time, she was asked to do the four elements and it, she was really successful because her mind was uh, concentrated. So when we are able to see, normally, when we start to observe the mental process, we don't necessarily start with the, with the volition, but we can start with the consciousness or we can start with the feeling or, you know, because the volition itself is one of the many mental factors and it is arising together with other mental factors. And the mental, vo the mental, mental volition is what is uh, classified as the Sankara Kanda. So in the Sankara Kanda, you have many of uh, mental formation. And uh, those people who are developing the insight in uh, regard to consciousness, to the process of consciousness, when they start from the jhana, then they start with the, the five jhana factors, you know, Vitaka, Piti, Sukha, Ekagata, and then it, it goes on and they proceed, you know, to Pasta and then Vedana, another, uh, another aggregate, and then uh, perception. And then from there, <coughs> the, the volition is there and from volition, all kinds of, uh, of uh, mental formations also are, are associated with that. So what we call consciousness is uh, agglomeration, is a, uh, unifi not unification, but it's a group of many types of uh, qualities that we can uh, identify in one way or the other. And the Buddhist uh, way of classifying those uh, can be very precise. And this is what uh, you know the Abhidhamma is talking about. So the Abhidhamma is talking about uh, reality that is uh, perceived, a reality that can be perceived, and also a reality that uh, could be somehow identified and analyzed to understand the general principle with it. So when we are able to uh, see the body as just a mere a physical phenomenon, like a leaf, you know, so if we see the leaves, okay, the leaves is, is depends on the sap, and then the, the chlorophyll is going like this, and then the, the light is influencing like that, we see that the leaf itself, there is no eye there, there is no such a thing as a leaf, it is just a natural process of chemical thing that is just becoming, so the body also is the same. So the body depends on the four conditions, like uh, the material food we are eating, eh? and also uh, some aspect of the body uh, leaf phenomenon are uh, caused by the mental volition, the mental, you know, the, the mental creation is also influencing the body, and the body also is influenced by the temperature and also by the some uh, previous uh, uh, karmic conditions. So by seeing the body, not only as a body, but seeing the body as element, and also understanding the causes of them is uh, making some uh, way to see reality in a different perspective and then to develop a little bit more of uh, understanding about life itself and then from body also mind or from mind also body so we can see the relation between the two and the same thing applies also with the mind we divide the mind in the, uh, various type of uh, mental uh, factors as, as you can see you know, in the explanation that you can find <coughs> here and there in the uh, scholar scholarly books
So I think we are already uh, to the conclusion. <laughs> so you can make your own conclusion, <laughs> please. But uh, here uh, I will uh, try to be a little bit more methodic and come to my own. So I try to briefly uh, emphasize the, the role of volition, the role of Chetana, right? Because Chetana is very important because Chetana, according to what we will, what we are uh, aiming at, then we get the result of it. So it is very important to be aware of our own volition. Because if we are acting with a mind that is not so pure, you know, like a, with a, tainted with a greed or hatred or delusion, then also the actions are not going to be very good. And uh, the, 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 the results also are not going to be very pleasant. So you have two types of, of uh, results or three types of results, depending on, the, uh, depending on your uh, intentions. Also, if we look, they say in the text that if we look uh, closely to the, you know, Mano Sanchetana Ara, that is the, the mental formations as nutriment, then we understand the source. We understand the three types of craving. And the three types of craving means also the craving that is going to lead us into suffering or into trouble because uh, we assume that the craving is making, you know, is making the, the problem in our life. If we are not craving, then there is no, there is no suffering. So also last week I asked, <laughs> you know, what is the, why we are meditating. So we should all know why we are meeting, meditating. So one uh, answer was that uh, oh, I meditate because it's fun. So that's good, you know, that's good. But it's not always fun for everybody. So however, we, we should try to make it kind of interesting and we should try to make it fun. <laughs> and also if you don't know why you are meditating, then it's also uh, okay because uh, you will know pretty soon. <laughs> because why? It's because you know the knower. You, so you don't know the reason, but you, you realize that uh, you realize that you are here, and then also you have to face up uh, your uh, your uh, mental conditions, and uh, you cannot really go away, you know. So eventually, you understand the process, and you understand what is going on. So, in, in other words, also you will naturally develop the wisdom and compassion, and from there you will uh, understand also the right actions that you will uh, like to do and uh, which type of uh, life you want to live. To lead. So I think this is okay. If you are if you are a tree, you know. If you are a leaf, then I will tell you. And don't forget. Drink a lot of ma maple syrup, <laughs> but <laughs> so we will proceed to the questions.
there are many questions today, so I don't know if we will be able to answer all of them, but uh, we'll go, you know, slowly. First, que first question is, uh, I think it has been said that there are many minds or mind doors in the body. Is the mind door at the heart the main one? <coughs> That why do we check the heart mind door in the jhana and rupa kalapa practice? <coughs> My uh, many, it is true, many means 89 types of mind consciousness, or 121 types of consciousness. But mind door is not many. Mind door is only one. According to Sogdanda Madha, Goenga is mind door. Actually, Buddha says Midapuri Gali mind door is luminous. Boenga mind do, Boenga chaita can produce mind bone materiality. Mind bone kalabas. If you analyze the, those kalabas, in each kalaba there are eight types of materiality, such as earth element, water element, fire element, wind element, color, odor, flavor, and nutritive essence. Altogether, there are eight types of materiality in each club. One Boenga mind can produce a lot of mind-bone clubs or mind-bone materialities. In each, again, in each club, there is fire element. That fire element also produces new Generations temperature bone materialities or temperature bone clubs. If you analyze those clubs, there are also eight types of materiality in the same way. So, among those clubs, color is very important. That combination of two types of clubs, color. Two types means mind bone materialities, calabas color, and temperature bone materialities, temperature bone calabas color. These two types of color begin luminous, like mirror. That color, metaphorically, Buddha says, Buenga, Mindo, and Engodra Nigaya of Ichrasengada Waga. Then, Boenga Mindo rests on the heart face. There are 89 types of 
mind consciousness, eighty-nine types of consciousness. Among those eighty-nine types of consciousness, there are five two consciousness, such as eye consciousness, ear consciousness, nose consciousness, tongue consciousness, and body consciousness. Eye consciousness arises depending on eye transparency. Ear consciousness arises depending on ear transparency. Nose consciousness arises depending on nose transpa transparency. Tongue consciousness arises on tongue transparency. Body consciousness arises on body transparency. <coughs> The remaining 79 types of consciousness arise depending on heart base. Among those 79 types, Bhuringa may do also include. So they arise on heart base. Because of this, this reason, <coughs> If we reflect Chana Pedras, these Chana Pedras, especially together with Chana consciousness, arise depending on heart pace. Because of this reason, we reflect mind as well as, well as these Chanas and the mind, Chana Pedras and the mind. When defining or when Designing robot clubbers on one is analyzing robot clubbers. That mind consciousness also arises depending on heart pace, especially we got such type of consciousness as generally inside knowledge. That inside knowledge never arises knowledge alone. That inside knowledge always arises with associated mental formations. There are usually the depot mental formations. What are the depot? If you break this practically, you will understand. Hmm? These the depot mental formations arise depending on heart pace. So if you want to discern these study for mental formations, you must discern mind again. Other than only, you can understand this study for mental formations. So when analyzing clubbers and when discerning that inside knowledge, we must use mind So mind understands all materiality. Mind can understand only color. Iado can understand only sound. Nose dog can understand only smell. Tongue dog can understand only taste. Body dog can understand only tangible objects. But mind dog can understand all six types of objects, such as color, sound, smell, taste, tangible objects, as well as dhamma objects. Dhamma objects are many. Except this pipe, color, sound, smell, taste, tangible objects, all objects are called 
Dhamma object. So if you want to realize these Dhamma objects, you must discern mind. If you want to realize Kala, the Aindu and Mindu, you must discern both together. Because Kala is the object of I consciousness as well as mind consciousness. Another question. Does perception, sanya, include memory? If not, where is memory? Memory is especially the power of mindfulness. But there is another type, a wholesome perception. Mindfulness study always arises with beautiful mental patterns. This is according to Bali, Sovena Chaita. Sovena Chaita means good resulting Chaita as well as functional Chaita as well as wholesome Chaita. But sometimes some people, they remember unwholesome actions. This is agusala senya, not mindfulness. Especially memory is fixed for mindfulness, sati, sati. But sati remember only wholesome object only, not unwholesome object. Or sati usually always associate with wholesome dhamma, functional dhamma, and good resident dhamma, not a wholesome dhamma. Where is memory? <laughs> usually this memory rests on the heart place, but occasionally it arises. Occasionally means there are different types of mind consciousness. They arise depending on attention, manasikara. So if attention change, memory also may change. Especially mindfulness arise depending on heart pace. Perception, senya arise depending on six paces. Can Tina, Mida, Slot and Torpor arise separately or are they always a pair? If separate, what is an example? Because I only see them together. They always arise together. <laughs> From their own side, are the five aggregates always dukkha, or are they dukkha only when craved for and cling to? Sabe sankara anicca, sabe sankara dukkha, sabe sankara anada. All formations are impermanent, all formations are dukkha suffering, all formations are another non-self. 
and this way Buddha says. So because of this reason, all five aggregates are always dukkha because they are always oppressed by rising in, passing away. As long as they rise, they pass away. What is the reason? How do you think? As long as they rise, they pass away. Why? The reason is Ruban Bekovi Adicha Yobi Hedu Yobi Bicho Rubasa Ubadaya Sobi Adicho Adicha Sambudan Bekovi Ruban Kudon Nichan Boisadi. Now in this meditation retreat, some meditators <coughs> they are practicing Ruba Kamantana Tisani materiality. They see kalabas, they can analyze those kalabas. They can easily understand, oh, these kalabas are produced by kama, kama bo materiality. Oh, these kalabas are produced by mind consciousness. They are mind bo materiality. These are produced by temperature. They are produced by temperature, so they are temperature bone materiality. They, uh, these kalabas are produced by oja, nutritive essence. Oh, they are nutrient bone materiality. So they can clearly see. There are four causes. Karma, consciousness, temperature, and nutritive essence. Kama also impermanent. <laughs> Consciousness chaita also impermanent. Temperature, fire element also impermanent. Nutritive oja also impermanent. So, cause are impermanent. If cause are impermanent, the effect how it can be permanent. They all are impermanent, cause also impermanent, effect also impermanent. So if they are always oppressed by rising and passing away, is it possible to say this is very good? Can you say? Maybe, for example, as soon as children were born, pass away. Then again, another children pass away. Then again, another children pass away. As soon as they were born, always they are pass away. Is it sukha or dukkha? Yes, in the same way only. If you see ultimate reality, ultimate materiality, as well as ultimate mentality, you can say they are sukha, they are always dukkha. But there is occasionally Buddha taught Sukha Urina. This is also Tidi Sukha Vibrinama Dukha. Tidi Sukha means when it arises, it is Sukha. As soon as it perishes with dissolution, it becomes Dukha again. 
So all are dukkha because of this reason. Another question. Are the very small moving particles one can see when they shut their eyes, rupa kalapas? Physical, I cannot see, but Western, I can see. Western, I can see means if, if we say what example other than you will understand. One day, Mahadesa was going on for arms round. Maybe Pra Mahagama to Nurada and then so between Nurada and Mahagama. On the way, he saw one lady. That lady quarreled with her husband. Came out from her home, went to her parents' home. On the way, she saw this Mahatira. Then she laughed a lot. At the day, Mahatira, hearing song, he tried to see that lady, but she, he did not see lady. He see only just skeleton. What is the reason? Now, in this meditation retreat, there are some meditators who practice skeletal meditation as a repulsive. They get a denjana, paschana. Hmm? In the same way, Mahadira, when going on for Armstrong, he is practicing the skeletal meditation. So, when he is going on for Armstrong on the way, he is not always close his eyes. <laughs> If he always close his eyes, is it possible to go on? Hmm? So with open eye, he can practice skeletal meditation up to fast jhana stage. But this is western eye, not physical eye. So although he open his eye, he do not use his physical eye. He use other than western eye. Western eye is only western pagalati binya. That western pagality penetrate this skeleton. Because of this reason, when he heard the song, when he paid attention to the song, he did not see woman, he see only just skeleton. First, he see the teeth. And then, quickly, the whole body became skeleton. And then he paid attention as a repulsive for a few minutes. And then go back to his own skeleton as a rebase abdu first jhana stage. Based on this jhana, he contemplates adimate materiality, adimate mentality as nature toka another. And then when going on for arms round, he begins rahat. So when he is going on, on the way, he did not go close his eyes. <laughs> So with open eye, he went for arms round, but his western eye takes ultimate materiality, ultimate mentality, and pay attention as nature to God. 
After a yogi has mastered the kasinas, what will be the purpose of practicing them? I understand we should practice so that we don't lose those attainments and deepen our jhana concentration. But is there any other purpose? <coughs> we had explained maybe four or five weeks ago. This was now we our attention is for realization of four noble truth only. Now please pay attention to your body. Can you see this clubbus? Not easy. But concentrate that mind can see this clubbus. Samadhi Bhikkhu Bhavita Samadhi Dhobhikkhu Bhikkhu Yadha Buddha Bhajanadi Bhikkhu's cultivate concentration. A Bhikkhu who has concentrated my understands the Dhammas as they really are. What does he understand? He understands as it really is. This is the noble truth of suffering. He understands as it really is. This is the noble truth of the origin of suffering. He understands as it really is. This is the noble truth of the cessation of suffering. He understands as it really is. This is the noble truth of the path leading to the cessation of suffering. In this way, Buddha taught in Sicha Sanyoda. For such purpose, for penetrating Purnova truths, we teach this Samatha concentration. But Poswam Meditators, if they practice Anabana up to Purjana, that Purjana concentration also enough to penetrate this Purnova, this Purnova truth. But Poswam Meditators, they want to practice Kasinas also as well as higher immaterial jhanas also. Why? They want to enjoy jhana happiness. <laughs> because of this reason, if they want to learn kasinas, eh, immaterial jhanas, we also teach them this kasina meditation. But my intention is for some meditators, anabana jhana concentration is not so deep. 
Every day, bright days, Casina, especially White Casina Jana. White Casina Jana is very deep. They get a day very deep concentration when practicing White Casina Jana. In the same way, if they continue up to poor and material Janas, their concentration becomes Tiba and Tiba. So, because of this reason, they also practice such Casina Janas. There may be different Babas, but our intention is for penetrating for noble truth only. So another question is that uh, Sayadaw explained earlier that only one of uh, 1,000 yogis practicing samatha might be able to attain jhana. Are there, are there ways to judge whether I will become one of the privileged yogis <laughs> <laughs> attaining jhana in this life? Or if, if not, in this retreat? <laughs> I do not say, but we saw the Maga say. <laughs> so this is possibility. You can understand how many people, how many Americans are practicing this retreat. No, no. Only thirty. How many populations in America? <laughs> you can understand. So because of this reason, many meditators who want to practice jhana actually usually they have parami. Parami is very important. So if they have parami, they can attain jhana very quickly. But if they have, although they may have parami, some yogis, but their parami is very weak, very far away. Very far away means many past lives they had accumulated such parami. Eh? When accumulating parami, their concentration also not so deep enough. So they must practice diligently in this very life to accumulate parami. And then they can attain jhana. What is the reason? Usually many people have parami. At least when they were perished away because of burning by Panya or because of wind or because of water. When the whole world sits there destroying by Panya, by Panya or by wind or by water. And then dying All beings reborn in Brahmawa. Without jhana, they cannot go to Brahmawa. So at the day, at least they attain jhana. Because of this reason, everybody has jhana parami. But this parami may be very far away. If it is very far away, they must practice diligently in this parila. Are there any differences in terms of quality between the Sankara Upekka Jnana attained by, yogi, uh, by, attained by a yogi who has practiced Vipassana only and the, and the same Jnana attained by a yogi who has practiced Samatha as well as Vipassana? <coughs> Sankara 
maybe there are many difference. Maybe you can imagine Penaribe Saribuddha also Arha. Penaribe Mahamoglana also Arha. But their ability is not same. In Western Pagality, Penaribe Saribuddha's Western Pagality is very high. But the psychic power of Penaribe Mahamoglana is very high. So there are also many Arhats. Who possess four Padisambhidhanyana? Four Padisambhidhanyana, so they translate four enlightened knowledges. But some Arhats, they do not possess for analytic knowledge. So there is difference. So Arahas, as soon as they begin, Araha, they possess for analytic knowledge. So Arahas, they do not possess. In the same way, so Arahas, when they begin Araha, as soon as they begin Araha, they possess also Quite mundane psychic powers, but soon they do not possess like that. So they are different. In the same way, Sankarubhaka Jnana, <coughs> Vipassana Jnana may be different. For some meditators, Sankarubhaka, the knowledge of equanimity, divorce formations, can be supporting cause for the attainment of Sodabhana, Satrim Vena. But for some meditators, Sankarubhaka Jnana may be the supporting cause for the attainment of Arhatthu, Arhatship. So there may be also different. We cannot say all are say, we cannot say we all are not say. So it is, we cannot say, it depends on their parami. Is there a difference between the rupa kalapas in the brain and the rupa kalapas in the heart base? What do you mean? What difference do you want to know? Hmm? In the heart, <coughs> there are six types of kalapas. In your brain, there are also six types of kalapas. But in your brain, there are only body decay clubba. Uh, in your brain, there are only, sorry, five types of clubba. Hmm? Body decay clubba, sex decay clubba. The mind bone or the clubba, temperature bone or the clubba, and nutritive S bone or the clubba. In your heart, there are six types of glabas. Heart dagger glabas, body dagger glabas, suck dagger glabas, mind bone odor glabas, temperature bone odor glabas, and nutritive acid bone odor glabas. So, in your brain, there are only body dagger glabas. If you analyze body decay glaba, there are day rubas, mountain rubas, there is body transparency. 
that body transparency, body consciousness arise can can arise depending on that body transparency. That body consciousness associated with seven universal mental formations such as contact, feeling, perception, one-pointedness, life faculty, attention. So, with body consciousness altogether, there are eight types of mentality only. These eight types of mentality can feel or can know only just tangible object. Tangible object is hardness, roughness, heaviness, softness, smoothness, lightness, heat and coldness, subordinate and pushing. That body consciousness can feel this tangible, ten types of tangible object only, not any other one. But in your heart, there is heart dagger club. I had explained previously, 79 types of consciousness arise depending on heart pace. Among these 79 types of consciousness, very powerful jhana consciousness also can arise depending on your heart pace. Four part consciousness, four pollution consciousness, which realize nibbana also can arise depending on your heart pace. Different types of vipassana inside knowledge also can rise depending on your heart pace. Pipe mundane such powers, poor analytical knowledge rise depending on your heart pace. So this heart pace is very powerful, different types of consciousness place, dwelling place. But in your brain, only Eight types of consciousness which feel tangible object only. But you can practically practice if you see ultimate materiality, if you can analyze kalabas, as well as if you can dance ultimate mentality. Other than you can test by yourself. Practical knowledge is better. So another question is uh, related to the four satipatthana of uh, Kaya Nupassana and then Vedana and Chitta Dhamma Nupassana. So the meditation on the foundation of uh, body, this is number 10. And the uh, sensation, the mind and the Dhamma. So among those uh, four satipatthana, the Sado says that uh, one can go via by practicing anapana. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.